so I have a meeting in downtown Boston the other day, and I actually had a book semi-percentable. And I go in, and there's a, you know, I'll, I'll put out there an attractive woman who's hurrying to get to the elevator. So because I'm not a complete, you know, a-hole, I hold the door. She gets in. She says, thank you. You know, I'm going up like, you know, 26, 27 floors. And she's like, you know, one or two floors, you know, past that. Because she, you know, said, oh, can you hit the button? And it's just us in the elevator for like five or six floors. And then finally I turned to her. I'm like, um, can I, you know, you know, smell your vagina? And she's like, what? No. And I'm like, oh, then that's got to be your feet. I miss Helen Keller once. <laughs> then that's got to be your feet. <laughs> hey, welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. And do you ever think you would miss Helen Keller jokes? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. That's a first. Um, Joe, the world doesn't move to the beat of just one drum. Well, how many drums? How many fucking drums do we need? How many drummings do we need? Ah, good one. And, and, that, and, and then there was one. Yes, like the movie Highlander. There can be only one. Todd Bridges is the sole survivor. He wins different strokes. <laughs> yep. Uh, and if you saw a picture of him like 15 years ago and where he was in his life, what you're, if there was a dead celebrity pool going that you were in, how, how high up would he have been ranked at one point? Oh, uh, pretty up there, pretty up there. But we're talking, of course, of the passing of uh, Charlotte Ray, who played Mrs. Garrett on Different Strokes and later on Facts of Life. Girls, girls, girls. Did you know there was two Facts of Life spinoffs that she was in? And, I, and I, I remember they went, one, they went to college. Yeah. And the management was like, oh, and then after college, I guess they opened a bakery. I kind of think, I was going to say something, they, they opened a store. Yeah, maybe it was a store, but she, she was in all of those. Well, I'll be. Well, I mean, that's smart because, you know, you lock onto a character. Like, you, you're for an actor, you know, and Howard Stern has said this all the time. And of course, I parrot him. If you're an actor, you latch on to a character that is a hit. You know, like Carol O'Connor. He rode Archie Bunker like into the sunset as far as he could go through Archie's place. Yep. And then was it just Archie? Uh, it could have been. I thought it was. Yeah. It was I, I think all the family. Then Archie's place. Or, or was Archie's place after? Because it was. Ar it was. I three think it was, I thought iterations. It, I didn't know there was three. I thought there were only two. But I thought it was Archie Bunker's place. And all in the family. And then, um, but he didn't make a, did he appear on 704 Hauser Street? <laughs> nice. You remember, remember that show? But Todd Bridges is, is the last one. And again, it's like, and, and it's funny because she died. She's like 92. It's like, you know, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shock that, you know. Um, she lived a very good life. And, and also, uh, and, uh, you're better with the names, Mr. Drummond. Conrad Bain. He also died in his 90s. Yep. Oh. I mean, tragically, we had Gary Coleman, who fell down the stairs and had, like, a brain hemorrhage in his house. But he also, like, his life expectancy, he ended up living to, like, 45, and whatever kept him that height, I don't remember the name of the, the disease that he had, he wasn't supposed to make it through his teen years. So the fact that he did live that long was yeah. almost <laughs> a small miracle, one would say. <laughs> oh, you suck. <laughs> um, and Dana Plato... Uh, 
she, you know, died of a drug overdose. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's where Todd Bridges was, you know, headed. I mean, he Did you know that he was on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond? I mean, Everybody Loves Everybody Hates Chris? I did not. He was. So, yeah, I mean, but of course, every comedic black actor in the, you know, in the business in the early 2000s was in Everybody Hates Chris or late 2000s whenever it came out. Good show, by the way. That's a good show. Really good show. I highly recommend if you catch reruns of Everybody Hates Chris. Good for you. Probably on Netflix or somewhere. Yeah, Hulu or some shit. YouTube. Um, so, you know, you and I were just speaking about this. You, what Michael Moore has a new movie coming out. Um, you know, he had Fahrenheit 9-11, and this is 11-9 uh, Fahrenheit. No, it's Fahrenheit 9-11. Uh, Fahrenheit 11-9. 11-9. Yeah, it's, which is the day after Trump was elected. Or... Uh, the day that the world basically started its decline into the day, oblivion. The day the earth stood still, part the two. Democracy died. Uh, what's your thoughts on the trailer? And wait, Overall, you're a Michael Moore guy? I was way into Michael Moore movies earlier in his career. I like Roger and Me, Bowling for Columbine. Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 9-11 I saw in the theater. The only Michael Moore movie I think I saw in the theater. I don't think I've seen Bowling for Columbine in the theater. But um, I, uh, I kind of—I mean, I didn't see Sicko. I heard that was a good movie. You know, I kind of—I do like Michael Moore. I appreciate him. I think, and I and I actually read his article. I was, um, w- you know, reading him talk about how Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States. He of of all the the you know snowflake radio podcast. You know, and and things that I read, it, it, it we're not going to relitigate the case that everybody thought Hillary was going to win. He was the one voice on the left who was very outspoken and didn't get completely panned, but people were calling him alarmist. He a year before was saying, hands down, he is going to win and he is going to re-win elections because because basically he was the one person saying. Everybody between the coast, you're discrediting. Yeah, and he also pointed out the fact that Hillary wasn't hitting the purple states, you know, like the Michigans and the Ohio's and the Pennsylvania's and all that. Uh, she was kind of phoning it in or taking it for granted. And I think this was not long after, or not long before the actual Democratic National Convention that he said that. That this article came out, so Hillary, I don't even think was the nominee yet, um, or maybe, maybe so. My my memory's kind of fuzzy because you know, did a lot of self-inflicting wounds <laughs> since that day. But the movie itself that's coming out, it ha- it, it it hits all the the trailer hits all the right kind of lefty liberal, like almost libertarian kind of notes that Donald uh, that um, Michael Moore has in his movies yeah i saw that um alexandra ocasio is in there i saw i mean he's playing all the hits you know he's getting all the big new names um i think i think Uh, and he does look i mean he takes things to an extreme you know what i was a big fan of uh we'll jump back to the, the the new movie did you like his nbc show the Fox show? No, was it a Fox show? TV Nation. Yeah, it, it was a great show. Yeah, it was essentially Roger and me on a grander scale. I think Janine Garofalo was on there and a couple of other 
you know, well-known comedians of the time. Or up and coming. And, and it was way ahead of the curve on, you know, all the politically correct shows or the political satire shows that followed it and stuff like that. Right. It was right. It was like daily show field pieces on parade, like one right after another. And, and really well done. Um, so he does. I mean, he, 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 to, he goes to the extreme. Uh, you know, I, I think he does a lot of great work in, in Sicko. You know, he, tr- he was the one who put a lot of these 9-11 first responders on a plane and took them to Cuba to get the treatments that they couldn't get. Um, and, and I remember it's like, you know, he got in trouble for that and some of these people did. It's like, you know, are you really going to, you know, arrest a guy for saving 9-11 first responders' life because they can't get this treatment? Anyways... So it looks good, but it, it, it you know it looks. It, and he went to Cuba before we normalized relations with Cuba. Correct, correct. When you couldn't, when an American couldn't go, um, out of the curve again. <laughs> right. Thank you. So, it, so you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I'm going to pay to go to a theater and see it. This seems like it's going to be in select city. Well, I don't know. Actually, I, don't, I forget if the trailer said it's going to be in theaters everywhere. It it it, uh, it opens premieres at the Toronto Film Festival, which is the largest North American film festival, probably probably number two in the world behind Cannes. And I think it's coming out what September tenth or something like that, or some somewhere in the early September, probably around September eleventh. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it really would. Happy anniversary, Jeff. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Uh, and, and uh, always a happy birthday to our friend John, my my buddy John on eleven. You know September eleventh his birthday. Oh, you know, no. yeah. You know who else has September eleventh birthday? I think we talked about this. John Ritter's daughter, uh, who who John Ritter also died on nine eleven. So her happy da- birthday. So her birthday shares the same date as her father's death and about three thousand other people's. And who can forget where we were? When you had that overdue blockbuster video and had to pay the late fee because you couldn't get to the store on 9-11. That wound uh, cuts pretty deep. <laughs> That's your 9-11 story. That was my 9-11 story. Hey, you know what? Everybody has one. <laughs> uh, What's your 11-9 story? Ooh. So, you know what? <laughs> Knock it off or I'll turn this plane around. Said no one. No, said, no. said the judge yesterday. Did you follow that story? So as we're recording this, okay, yesterday there was there was a hearing, and, and it was one of these you know uh, you know a lawyer took on one of these amnesty cases of people who came to the border legally seeking amnesty and were thrown in one of these detention places. Um, they weren't supposed to be deported before the hearing, and at the hearing, you know the. Uh, the judge made a call? The, the, the defendant, you know, the, the, the lawyer for this mother and the daughter is like, yeah, they're not here. We can't get a hold of them. They're, you know, the detention center, you know, has a record of them being checked out. And the prosecutor, you know, or, or these were the prosecutors, the, the, the government was a defendant in this case. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're just finding this out to judge. Um, we think they're on a plane. As soon as it lands, you know, we can get them back. And the judge is like, no. That plane is to be turned around wherever it is right now, and those people are to appear in court first thing this morning. If that plane isn't turned around and those people aren't on U.S. soil, instantly Jeff Sessions is being held in contempt of court. Wow. Balls of fucking steel and good. And, 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 and they were. And, and like they had – like the, you know, the people representing this mother and daughter had all the paperwork. They, they weren't supposed to be thrown out of the country until they get their hearing. Usually you don't want – 
your people who are going to be on trial to be flight risks. This right. is like the opposite of a flight risk. So, like, oh no, they're about to be deported. But literally, the judge ordered the plane turned around in the air and brought back, and they did it. Did they finish the in-flight movie? That's I don't I know. know. You know, like seriously, if you just got your 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 drink off the drink cart, now <laughs> they have to take it back and turn it around. Oh, the travesty! Oh, the humanity! <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, ho- and hopefully, you know. As we found, there's speed rushing through all these federal judges, so over the next umpteen years, it's going to be harder and harder to find judges who have souls and, and any compassion and empathy, but this one did, and and I love the fact that he was blatant about it. If that family is not in my court first thing tomorrow morning, Jeff Sessions, call him out by name, is being you know held in contempt of court. And let's not uh, bog down the audience by naming this judge. Because that would just be too much. It, too, too much. There's only so much room. On I know. The paper. <laughs> you know. I don't have so much character on time. Um, Joe, we're going to have a brief conversation now that might shock you and might shock anybody who knows me. Um, I've said this a thousand times. I'm quite sure there are a few GOPers out there who aren't complete pieces of shit in government positions. So few and far between. Are there asshole Democrats? Yes, there are. Are there grifters? Um, I hate the fact that you can, you know, when you have people say, oh, both parties do it, and they'll cite one or two examples when a bill was rushed through by Democrats 30 years ago, or, you know, there are the outliers. There are bad people who have positions who are Democrats. There are scumbags, shithole, pedophiles. You go down the list. But the GOP endorses scumhole, pedophile, not like literally people who are out white supremacists running. All that said, you and I are in the one state that has a GOP, a Republican governor, who I I would I'm going to have to dig down deeper into Charlie Baker's like history and background and policies because you know about a year and a half ago he put through legislation in Massachusetts that bulletproof a woman's choice like like ahead of the curve knowing where where the judges are going knowing the federal judgeship knowing the supreme court knowing who's in the white house he took preemptive steps to make Massachusetts he also you know, the health care that we have in the state is ahead of the curve, education. Uh, just today, he signed into legislation um, making it easier and voting more accessible to people. And, and, I, and I've said this before. You know, I just got into a debate with a friend the other day saying, oh, both sides do it. And I said to him, I'm like, I can name, you know, 15 states where the governors in the past you know, five, six years have gone well out of their way. I mean, to the extreme, extreme, extreme to purge voter logs, to, you know, purge, you know, different kind of lists to even prevent people from getting on voter logs and to put in legislation to keep poor and minorities from being able to vote. Like, went out of their way. And I said, I can name 15 of these states and 15 of these governors. Can you name one Democrat? Charlie Moore is the exception. I mean, he is the bad apple. Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker. I'm sorry. Charlie Baker. Thank you. I mean, and it's funny because management and I just had a talk a little while ago. And when I told her, yeah, he's a Republican. She's like, no, he's not a Republican. <laughs> and she's like, he didn't. She's the one that told me about the women's choice thing. Yeah. Um, you know, marijuana speak. I mean, he's a proponent of, of, of you know, 
uh, distilleries and stuff like that, you know, coming or dispensaries, sorry. Um, and then she named like three or four things that she knew about. And she just had assumed because, you know, it's Massachusetts, because Elizabeth Warren and all this stuff that he was a Democrat. And I told her, it's like, no, do you realize that like three of the last four governors of Massachusetts have been Republican, but he is such a moderate. And, and, and honestly, I don't think there's another governor, senator, congressperson, like on a national level who is half as moderate as this guy and he, and he will he's running for re-election he will probably win he'll probably come in with like 70 75 of the vote in a blue state yeah i agree because i mean honestly he's not doing a terrible job he's holding he's holding the um the position of being socially moderate i mean he's fiscally conservative you know i'm sure they're are issues if you dig deep into you know where he's getting money for funding or wh- what he wants to do for as far as improving I mean, he does want to improve education but i don't know how it's not as wild as like you know free education for everybody raising taxes yada 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 this I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of the, some sort of mechanism there that democrats probably would not agree with but yeah you're right if to, i think to win in massachusetts charlie baker has to be a moderate republican but i mean to win to win yes but to be reelected and and he was just like voted like most popular governor in the state which is funny cuz you think red states that vote 90% you know they would have this but he didn't he didn't go out of his way when amazon was you know Boston was on the short list of the second headquarters for Amazon. He didn't go out of his way to bankrupt the state to bring the big business here and do whatever could for big business. Uh, when there was, it's funny because it was a private group that was pushing for Boston to be considered for the Olympic. I think it was like the twenty twenty eight Olympics. Yeah, twenty twenty eight. And. You know, he's like, no, Boston does not want this. We are not going to have these resources. I mean, you, 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 you know, your oldest is out of public schools now, but you've had okay. You know, it's not like he's gutting schools to pay for, you know, what. And again, I don't know him well enough to say he's the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I will say I cannot name another national prominent GOP person. And he's pro environment. Too. I mean, I think there are environment strides in, in legislation that he's taking to improve environmental laws in Massachusetts. So, um, you know, this is that. Yeah, I mean, Massachusetts is, I think, in a in an upswing economically. I mean, big time. I we, think. we we have, um, you know, and it's funny because management's old boss has met with him a couple times. Because um, Charlie Baker is for raising the minimum wage. I don't know if he's on board with it going up to fifteen dollars, but he has said he would back a a minimum wage increase uh a livable wage is what is what they're calling it and management's former you know boss who you know owns hundreds of restaurants uh has met with him personally to try to say you know you know a, a guy who literally leaves his you know eight million dollar house in a porsche to drive to have lunch with charlie baker to say I, I can't afford to pay people a livable wage you know yeah. for working for me so so but uh, so I do. I, I, I want it, you know, because, you know, Biff has recently pointed out a couple things that, like, we haven't said, oh, the Democrats have effed up this or that. They eff up a lot of things, you know. Al Franken. Al Franken. Right. Well, you know, they, a, a, the F, I think they messed up on Al Franken by not letting him have his voice in court, you know, threw him out too quickly, but um, that's... Um, Either that or he just personally didn't want to go through No, it. he did. He, he, oh, that's he, right. Yeah. But, but yeah. basically everybody it. else in the Senate said, yeah, you're on your own. 
Like, if you're going to fight this, you're fighting it without us, you know. Yeah. All right, we won't get Anyways, into that. So, so I, I do. I want to take the one second, we're now about four minutes out of the podcast, to say, you know what? If there is a decent human being who happens to be Republican, I'm not going to put a lawn sign out for him, but I'm also not going to say every one of them. I'm going to say every other one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them. You know. Are you saying that there are fine people on? On both sides. Happy anniversary, Joe. Thanks for bringing that up. <clears throat> yeah, that's right, Charlottesville. As we record this, it is the one-year anniversary of a woman being killed in Charlotte, and the comment Charlottesville, Charlottesville, and the comment the following morning of "There's fine people on both sides." So, you know, yesterday, many sides, many sides, fine people. Uh, and how did kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons die? As many sides. <laughs> Who do you think's listening? <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, that's for you, Peter. Uh, but we... Uh, He's not listening. <laughs> you think. Uh, <laughs> but, but seriously, it's... Uh, yeah, it's the one-year anniversary of the Charlottesville, um, the, neon, the Nazi rally. And, and, and Cheeto Lini in chief ended what f- up... What was that about? On his one-year anniversary yesterday of Charlotte, did he say... No, there's not fine people on both sides. No, put those tiki torches down. He went right after the NFL players because yesterday was the first preseason game and a couple of them took a knee. Yep. Went right after the sons of bitches, doubling down. Yep, gotta. They don't learn if you don't tell them. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Oh, God, there was an awful, and I almost quoted it, and maybe only you would get that, and like 90% of things I say on this podcast, but there was an old commercial that used to play on... 56, um, there was a plantation here that they used to have historical things, and they would have... If you, plantation. Once you get to... You better set your mind to work. And do you remember that ad? I think that might have been a little before my time. All right. Might have been like late 70s. So I don't... No, but are you talking about Plymouth Plantation? I think so. I mean, that's like the it's like our colonial Williamsburg in Massachusetts. You got right. Plymouth Rock, which is now I think like a, like a pebble at the bottom of a well. Yeah, by erosion. Right, um, and people chipping away at it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and people were just chipping away at Plymouth Rock like it was you know the Berlin Wall, like the Constitution. Three. Wait, four. hold on. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, he had to take the mic off the holder, move the wind guard, uh, or, or as I like to call it, the food guard. That, no, it, <laughs> it is the food guard. We don't need guard. this. We have wind guards on our. Um. So, anyways, so moving on to happier GOP news. So Charlie, you know Charlie Baker, decent person. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, uh, GOP Rep Collins, complete piece of shit. Who again? Uh, he pulled the Martha Stewart. Here's a guy where you know whose whose net worth I think it's something like uh, maybe it's eighty million or maybe it's yeah it's high up there. Joe's looking at the representative congressional representative Chris Collins from upstate New York, not to be accused with Chris Collins worth right exactly. Which also maybe as as reprehensible. I, I believe so. <laughs> if you're a Patriot fan, anyways. Uh-huh. Um, so. He uh, he, and and what's great about it? He he hasn't been charged. He hasn't ha- been indicted. He has been arrested and you know brought to the Graybar Hotel, processed, and stood in front of a judge uh, to plead guilty or innocent, and a court date set uh, for insider trading. And what's what's hysterical about this is I was watching. 
the prosecutors, you know, when they were talking about the indictment and they had the graphs of like, this is what he did. This is they, they, they already put the case out there. And I think they're doing it now because it's going to be another witch hunt. It's going to be another. Oh, it's partisan. It's going to be the FBI you know, bias. So they had the chart. It's like, here's when he got the phone call. This is what he did. 24 hours before the company announced it, it, it's a Australian company that had a cancer medication or no MS. I think it was an MS medication um, and its trials failed and it was their one and only product that they were planning to release to market. Um, so he gets an email from the company saying tomorrow we're going to announce that the it failed miserably, and their stock dropped like 93% that next day. He instantly called his son, um, who he, he couldn't. If you were on the board, you couldn't dump your stock, but his son could. His ex-son-in-law could. His son ex-son-in-law's mother could. His accountant could. couldn't. His, no, but no, but if you were on the board, you couldn't drop it. But there was like four or five people in his family that he got to invest heavily in this who dumped their stock. 12 hours later, it goes completely down the drain. When he got the phone call, and they have pictures of this, he was at some White House lawn party. And, <laughs> like, and then, you know, then the government knows. Like, he called his son. It was like the sixth or seventh phone call. And in the course of five minutes, his son finally picked up. Was there a silent auction going on at this lawn party? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, Do you and know so, what I'm talking about? I don't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Get out. Um. Uh, but anyway, it's so. funny now. Every time I hear someone like stirring, like you oh, know, the sugar into tea or something <laughs> like that, I'm like, "Am I going to that the sunken the place?" Sunken place? <laughs> um, anyway, but he, uh, yeah, but he did. He does this. He does his stock drop. And again, this is somebody whose net worth is in the tens of millions. Who collectively his family saved like seven hundred thousand dollars by all dumping their stock, which. And your world is a shitload of money, and my world is a shitload of money. But really, in in this world, you're and here's the fucked up thing. And and I guess as of probably very very soon, you can be a seating member of Congress and be on a uh, on a board like this. You can be, you know, still on a pharmaceutical company, which. You will have votes on legislation, on laws and stuff like that. You can't as a senator. You can as a congressperson. So I'm guessing the Congress is going to have to change the rule. But, yeah. Another, another, another witch hunt, Joe. You know who's sitting on board? Me. I'm bored. Yeah, you're bored. I'm bored with this talk about politics and stuff. Can we talk about something cool? Well, look, let, let's change the topic. Okay. We, we mentioned that those sons of bitches taking a knee expressing their First Amendment right. But another champion, another real champion. You mean an, an American hero? An American hero, thank you. Believe it or not. Having his voice silenced, Joe. What or what are your views? My views? Yeah. My views are um I think it's a a tragedy. And and what about our guest views? <laughs> How does our guest feel about his First Amendment rights being stolen? Really? Away? Am I gonna do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Only because it hurts your throat so much uh, and your soul. And it's lame, yeah. This is Alex, <clears throat> this is Alex Jones. Yeah, oh man, I can't get in the Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones are getting silenced by the uh, right wing, left wing, center wing media. You can't believe any wing anymore. This is the uh, Infowars.com. I guess I lost. 
The Info Wars. <laughs> so who who have you been thrown off of now? Uh, I've been thrown off of uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Grinder, uh, uh, what all the other. I think MySpace. <laughs> they, MySpace came. Frenchster came back and they kicked me off. The only my my only friend in the world is uh, Jack from Twitter. Are you on LinkedIn? <laughs> Am I am I am I on LinkedIn? Are you are you serious? <laughs> are you serious that I'm going to put my information out there for all the world to see and and to steal my identity on LinkedIn? Probably the most uh, corporate minded uh, bullshit. I'm really getting tired of this voice. <laughs> um, Actually, I'm just out of material. I'm sorry. I'm really out of material. I haven't been on the internet since some time. I should be fired up. <laughs> God damn it! I should be fired up like this Newman nacho cheese dip that I'm using right now. I'm surprised that uh, Sean Hannity's on vacation, and he didn't have you filling in for him today because today he had um, uh, Giuliani and, oh, I'm forgetting the other lawyer's name. I'm dead serious. I don't know if you heard this, but... Blotus is two lawyers, his outside counsel, the two guys handling his Russia case, filled in for three hours and took phone calls on Sean Hannity's radio show today for three full hours. Hannity wasn't there. They filled in and took phone calls from people who can't get to Alex Jones today. <laughs> like Alex Jones people looking to fill the void got to talk to Uncle Judy. That's amazing. Good for him. Oh, am I supposed to be Alex Jones still? No, no. Oh, okay, you don't okay. have to be Alex Jones anymore. No, no. Now, let's completely change the subjects. Um, it was hysterical. It was hysterical that Dennis Rotman was part of the official U.S. envoy to go meet with Kim Jong-un. He is an absolute... I don't know if he got diplomatic paperwork or what, but the fact that he was officially part of that. And now another hero, another American hero, Steven Seagal, uh, is representing Putin and Russia. Uh, and they came up with some crappy, weird title. I don't know, but he's out for justice. He's under siege. Have you heard? <laughs> don't go down on it. <laughs> Have you heard about this, though? Yeah, I just named two of his fucking movies. No, but he, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's like one of those titles. It's like, you know, he's the head of the Russian committee to better relation with. That's like the name. That's like the subtitle for Borat. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> for make better relations for Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan. Um, we're talking about Steven Seagal, motherfuckers. He's absolutely. And again, it's not. The bizarreness that he is a representative of Putin to the United States, not the other way around. I mean, we literally are in the upside down. It's pretty gross. But, I mean, I mean, is he like the Marvin Hagler of Russia now? Like, is, he, is that like, you know, Marvin, Marv, Marvelous Marvin Hagler went on and became a movie star in Greece, I believe, right? Or Italy or something? Yeah. Um, is he, I don't know if he's making movies. I don't know what he's doing. But he likes Russia. He lives out there. Um uh, and he's cozy with Putin. What is going on with these people? What's with what, these people? These D-list, C-list, you know, fringe wingnut. Yeah. Famous for a day, you know, type he look, thing. He looks like the bad guy in, like... Every Russian movie? Oh, right. <laughs> or, I was going to say, like a, like a 90s arcade game or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, no, we got to defeat Mr. Big. So, no matter what happens with Steven Seagal and Putin... Do you go to bed easier last night knowing that Space Force is going to be funded or that Space Force is actually 
they they have next week the Pentagon has been poised with giving its first steps into creating a separate but equal sixth branch of the military space force. I did go to bed uh, cozy last night because of my friends at MyPillow.com. <laughs> MyPillow is the one and only memory foam pillow endorsed by InfoWars.com. Yeah, if, uh, the only thing, that's the only thing that I want remembering anything of mine is that pillow. That's the only thing that I'll accept remembering my contours of my big, fat, sweaty, pimpled head. Uh, but the Mike Pence gave my, a speech. MyPillow.com. <laughs> asked for $8 million. Now, keep in mind, he asked for $8 million for the starting of the funding of Space Force. At the same time, uh, the Congress has turned down the request to $250 million to protect this you know, midterms election from uh, outsider hacking. I just think he wants a Space Force 1. That's really the only thing. Do you think, do you think honestly— He wants a spaceship. And this is how fucked up— his his supporters and followers are, and by supporters and followers, I mean Mike Pence and and Mitch McConnell and all the people who are just as much sucking up to him as anybody else. He says something off the cuff, and so he won't look like a dementia-ridden old guy that he is. They will, are still pushing ahead, you know. And every country in the world has signed the treaty to keep. You know, space neutral. Uh-huh. It's it's. I, I don't know. I mean, I think. And the thing is, this is more it, of a chicken and egg thing. Like, did they are they going along with his space force idea? Well, here's the or thing. Or is it on, honestly? Here's the thing. And people said this twenty years ago. We're in a war right now. Twenty years ago, people had started to say the next war isn't going to be fought with tanks and planes. It's going to be fought with guns. <laughs> it's going to be fought with information. It's going to be fought on the net. We are losing. We have been invaded, and we are losing. And in fact, we are giving comfort and aid to you know the, the absolute letters of the law when it comes to treason. And I forget the verbiage, but I know like you know giving comfort and aid to aiding and abetting. Aiding, oh. No, no, that's that's okay. something else. But but comfort and aid to and and that's going back to colonial comfort times. And aid. You know, no, no. When 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 if you shelter a red coat. If there was a red coat wounded and you went right. and you helped me nurse him back, that's oh, like yeah, yeah. those laws, the verbiage from that, you know, yep. ye old time. Uh, and that's what we're doing. Russia, as we talked, has one aircraft carrier that breaks down that has two tugboats, seriously, two tugboats that have to, and it's right now based in Syria. They don't have the money to build a second aircraft carrier, let alone maintain their first aircraft carrier, let alone fight a space war. Like, the only people who are really making advances in the space right now is China, of course, and, and Elon Musk. So basically, <laughs> are you going to hire Elon Musk to create the Space Force? You hire, are you creating the Space Force to combat Elon Musk? I think he's listening to an, uh, way too much Alex Jones and that he thinks that there are going to be invaders from other planets coming down to inhabit our souls. Take over our government, new world order. I'm getting bored with this. Anyways, yeah, our president's a nut, and the people around him are nuts. Cuckoo. Uh, well, we, we will let, we'll quickly talk on the, the next SCOTUS pick, who now the Democrats, because this has never happened before. Kavanaugh was part of the Bush White House and, and uh, was alleged to have part of the famous torture memo, basically... 
you know, twisting and turning to find a way to say that waterboarding isn't torture. And few years later, when he was up for a federal judgeship and had a Senate hearing, he said, no, I was not in the room. I had nothing to do with the writing of that. That completely was either before my time or after my time. I had nothing to do with this. Now it's circling back that not only did he have to do with it, he probably wrote half the damn thing himself. He's up for the Supreme Court. The Senate, the Democrats on the Senate said, we want all the documentation on all the memos from these two years he worked at the White House. The Republicans are blocking that. They, they, they know that this will kill his nomination if this comes out. So what the Democrats have to do is what any journalist would have to do. They have filed a Freedom of Information Act to, to get these documents. They, like Literally this week it came out that Dennis Nunes was heard on a mic at a fundraiser flat out saying – our job is to protect the president and to keep this investigation from going forward and to discredit it. And now they're flat out saying, yeah, we know this guy was for torture and we know he believes that the president's powers are unlimited. We have to get him nominated and they're keeping the Democrats from being able to get the information released. So they're, they're having to do what Middlesex Community College newspaper would have to do to get documents, file a Freedom of Information Act. That's that's how partisan – that's how you know party before country they have gone. But this week, as we're talking, the runoff election in Ohio – Oh, boy. The, the results haven't come in yet, and it's less than 1%. Um, this is a district where the representative has been a Republican since 83. The bloat has won by double digits – and right now they are literally counting um, what do you call it? Absentee ballots. ballots and stuff. Even if even if the Democrat loses, is that a win? Uh, no, because it's a loss. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, because of Green Party interference, they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling Green Partiers. It's, yeah, there's there you, you if you follow liberal people on Twitter, especially liberal celebrities on Twitter, they were yelling a lot at the Green Party and they're meddling in this election and basically saying... And then, then uh, somebody threw out... I think it was Alyssa Milano, and I I love her, but I didn't agree with her assertion that... And I think she was half-joking that all of these Green Party votes, which is a, a, a substantial amount considering the district that's being voted in, she's like, is this... like This has to be Russian Russian meddling, Right. And I'm like, uh, okay, it's not rule it out, but let's not confirm that. Like that's a little but harsh. On my way over here, they just found 600 unaccounted ballots that they're now counting. They thought they had everything together. Yeah. When they sh- but that's the American democracy. That's not a thing. No. Oh my god. You know, we we thought we had all the ballots, but then vote early and vote often. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So, you know, um, but it is. It just sort of like magnifies the importance of having to unify. Under one party and sort of maybe biting your tongue and sucking it up and saying, okay, Hillary Clinton isn't Bernie Sanders, but fucking I got to vote for Hillary Clinton, you know, Um, or whomever is the Democrat isn't isn't like as, you know, libertarian as I'd like them to be. I mean, we've gone so far. I mean, the other side, which is better at so many things, including shutting up and following in line, whoever becomes the top of the ticket. At his at one of his pep rallies the other day, they were selling like hotcakes, which sidebar I don't know how hotcakes sell, <laughs> uh, but you saw all these heavy set, middle aged, older white guys wearing shirts that said "Rather be Russian than a Dem." 
And and those are the big new, it, it, the lock em up shirts and the Hitler Hillary shirts were the big seller last year. Hitlery, Hitlery. Thank you. This one uh, now they're flat out. They've they've gone from there's nothing, there's nothing, there's less thing to obstructionist and collusion. Right. No collusion, no collusion. And now they're fl- flat out saying collusion's not a crime, and they're openly saying Steven Seagal was right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm gonna go beat my head on the wall, and if you could find, uh, well, I, I, there's a nothing. Funk to, sponsor of the week. I, there, is there a defunct sponsor this week? I don't know. Should there be? I guess there, there, there always will be. I guess so. Why you know, I, soon it will be all the farmers who lost their farms because of uh, the Travers. But in the meantime, uh, I'm quite sure. You know, I'm quite sure there's a lot of people who are now out on the skids because Alec Jones isn't hawking their products and keeping them alive. <laughs> Too bad for them. So, I don't know. Hey, whatever. Here's our defunct sponsor of the week. I just took a shower with Farrah Fawcett. Shampoo Joe. He just took a shower with Farrah Fawcett shampoo. And his hair smells clean and fresh, and it has great body. Great body. And shine. And best of all, you can say you've showered with Farrah Fawcett. Shampoo Joe. (laughs) Farrah Fawcett shampoo and conditioner. With vitamins, minerals, protein, and herbs. Right now, Joe, is officially football season, and I'm still riding the I don't give a fuck train. And you're I, a normal sports fan because it's fucking preseason. No. At at this point a year ago, I mean, I I never got that hyped up about the first two or three preseason games with the Patriots. If they were on in the background, or I would at least be interested if 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 so and so is playing, if they're sitting out, you're like, what's going, dude? I don't give a fuck, and it's all the drama. And today, you know, was the day after the first Patriots preseason game, and I went out of my way. I made a goal for myself to get here today and not know how they did yesterday. Good job, seriously. So I listened to a bunch of um, the boys enjoyed in the car, a, a bunch of um, Damien Wayne and Tim Drake specific podcast. Of course, as you know, the third and fourth Robin. The loving look that he's giving me. <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't know. And I don't care. And the only thing I heard the other day is like Brady's restructuring his contract. He wants all this money now. And, and the funny thing is one of the things we always liked about him. He's never been a top ten paid quarterback because he always re- he, he understands the salary cap and always wants to make sure that hey if you just like the problems that Peyton Manning made the first ten years of his career you paid him all the money and what was left you gave to the offensive you know the the skill position the receivers and stuff like that and they would put up forty five points and lose by five because he had nobody on the other side. And we always loved the fact that Brady put team before, but now that he turned 41 last week, now he he wants... Right, exactly. Now he's become... Anyway, so it's just turned us off. It's funny because I did hear one show this week and people talking about, is it because the Red Sox are doing so well? Is that why there isn't that much enthusiasm? Or the fact that this roster... And, and, and we will do a sideshow before the season starts. You know, I'll come around a bit in the next three or four weeks. I'm sure I will. But it won't be – the passion isn't won't be half of what it is. But when we sat here a year ago, we were talking – we weren't talking. The sports radio in Boston were talking. Are they going to go 23-0? Are they going to win all four preseason games, 16 regular season games, and three playoff games? And people were really talking. You went out and you got – 
you know, you traded your first round draft pick for Cook, and Gronk was healthy, and Edelman was healthy, and Amendola was healthy, and you had a, a slew of great running backs who were all coming back healthy. And truly, up until the first game that we watched the Buffalo Wild Wing, and which they lost to Kansas City, people were truly talking, they have a legit, legit, better than 50-50 chance of going undefeated last season. And now, I don't give a fuck. I, probably because they don't have a legitimate chance of going undefeated. I mean, they're they're a busted team. Well, it's it, it literally, and we've never really talked about this. A, a, after things went south in that loss in February, the big talk for the past six months has been they lost that game. And we've never talked about this on the podcast. You realize Malcolm Butler was only on the field for one play in the Super Bowl, and it was a kickoff coverage it was it was one special team. Here's a guy who was your starting cornerback the last three years. And even as the Eagles scored on six possessions in a row, Belichick never, whatever happened off the field that pissed Belichick off that he benched his best cornerback, even losing at one point by, you know, three scores, he never put him on the defensive side of the ball. Backup quarterback through for over 400 yards and you never put him in there it's like basically belichick threw away that and yeah. ever since then it's caused dissent with the team brady's being a complete douche you trade you you won't you're being cheap and you lose amandola the fucked up thing is edelman the team was told by the nfl edelman's getting suspended for four games in mid-march it doesn't go public till mid-june so you knew you were going to have Edelman for the first four games, and you still let Amendola go to Miami. I can't wait for the thirty for thirty on that Super Bowl or it, something. Something. There's right. going to be some. There's more. To there's the going to be a forty for forty into Flake Gate. There's going to be 30. a forty, a thirty for thirty. The Jimmy Garoppolo trade, you know, and that's the whole thing. Like Belichick was still pissed about having to get rid of Garoppolo. Did he? And he would never admit this. But did he say, "Yeah, I want to win the Super Bowl, but fuck it." You know, it's like like would he rather not win this win the I, Super Bowl? I, 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 I've won enough Super Bowls. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, well, he's made it to ten Super Bowls as a coach coordinator. Eight as a head coach, two as a coordinator. He's won seven. D- did he literally say, "Yeah, I would like to win it," but you know, hey, my legacy, I got us here. If Tom can win one, great. But I'm I'm gonna like he sabotaged the team. You know, something happened. You're right, and they, or he thought that. He could do it his way, uh, like uh, literally only his way. So everybody fucked up. Brady forces a trade with Garoppolo and now is holding the team hostage for four money. He's a douchebag. He fucked up. Belichick is pissed that he had his hands tied and had to trade Garoppolo. So he said, fuck it. So how can I be looking forward to going into a new season when the coach through the Super Bowl, and the quarterback is being the diva douchebag that we always loved him for not being. Let it out, Chuck. You know you want to. But, <laughs> so, so, moving, so I, I start by saying I don't care, but apparently I do. But I do want to say, um, this past week, it was great. There, there was another white supremacist rally, and my favorite meme of the week. Did you see the meme? There was a guy, a heavyset guy, a little bigger than me, a little taller than me, a little heavier than me, but same thing. Almost dressed like a ninja turtle. He was carrying a green shield. He wore a green yeah, bandana or mask over his face. Uh, he had a green cape, I think. And gloves. 
All in gloves, right. And somebody cropped that picture of just him and a picture of LeBron James, like, you know, working out just... Oh, no, he was lifting a tire. Lifting a tire. And it's like, the guy on the left believes he's genetically superior to the guy on the right. (laughs) And this past week, you know, two weeks ago, you heard about LeBron James' school. Like, love him or hate him, he put 40-plus million dollars into the school. In Akron, Ohio. For a kid, for, you know, at-risk kids. At-risk kids. And it's really great. Then he goes on and he's talking with Don Lemon, happens to be another black guy who's, you know, a reporter. And Blotus, and in the interview, like, you know, Don Lemon asks LeBron if he would meet with the president. If the president asks, he goes, no, there's no reason to. He didn't elaborate. He didn't say, I hate his policies. He's a racist and I hate him. He goes, no, no, there's no reason to talk to him. So, of course, because you don't bow down and kiss the ring. And you're black. And you're black, mostly because you're black. Uh, He decides to attack Don Lemon and attack LeBron James. And did you see LeBron James' reply? I did not. There wasn't one. See? And and, and Aaron Rodgers weighed in on it. This is before the the first preseason game where people took a knee. And Aaron Rodgers is the first prominent white NFL quarterback or white player, you know, to come out and say, it's like... That's brilliant. That's how you deal with him. Just ignore him. And that's the and that's how the NFL fucked up. When he started saying all this, should have just ignored him. Would have gone away. But it, instead, they can't because most of them voted for the motherfucker. And, and, and most of the owners gave him money, as yeah. you know, as we well, all that, well, found that's out. The thing, yeah. But but that's the thing. It's like they all engage, and and it was great to hear Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't going off saying. First Amendment, players have a right to do this, but, but he flat out said, LeBron is the first person in this realm. Just ignore it. And, and, and you know, the other, you know, some of the other tweets and some of the other people have come out and said, it's like, because he attacked, it's like, their intelligence. He always goes after black people's intelligence, um, you know, which, which is just awesome. You know, it's like, here's well-spoken, you know, Educated, a, a, well, a call, no, well, yeah. no, LeBron right out of high school. All oh, right, you know, and, and but Don Lemons, I mean, these are smart, intellectual people, and it was great that he goes after it. But like somebody's like, okay, let me get the, the same thing. The guy on the left thinks he's genetically inferior. It's like one guy built a school for at-risk kids. One guy has been putting immigrant children in cages, uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, and, and built a non-profit, a, a for-profit university, bilking. Bilking, yeah. right. So, so fuck you. But, but good for you, Wait, LeBron. whoa, whoa, whoa. What's with the language? I know. That's um, the president of the United States. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And so the one other thing, so the NFL, we'll touch on this really quick. Um, it, it, dude, they're just trying to figure so much shit out at once. <laughs> and they're doing it, you know, now they, they, they have this new rule where if you lead with your head to tackle, um, you get automatically ejected. Oh and then, well, they're trying to fight the CTE and all all this stuff. But it's like, here are people, you're 30 years old in the NFL. You've been playing four years of high school, four years of college, six, seven years in the NFL. And three, four weeks before the season, they're like, we're going to completely change how the linemen, you can't, like, how can the linemen not bash their heads together? They literally line up two inches apart from each other. And lean forward. And their whole goal is to... Run for it as fast as you can. It's going to be interesting to see how they try to, you know, figure this out. I get, you know, make it all safer, but, you know, it's at, at what point do we go to flag football? I, I look, know. I want my, I don't, you know, say, oh, 
I'm trying to think. I think it's like Tosh.0, like he's holding it. He goes, I'm all for steroids. It's like, you know, I want my athletes to be like they are on video games. I want to see you run faster, jump higher, hit harder. I don't care that you die four years after you're done with playing. And you don't care either because your life sucks after you're done <laughs> playing too. Who are we kidding? Oh, man. I mean, the NFL might as well just, we're going to ban straws from the field. That's our solution. Yep. Yeah, with just anything. Just throw anything out there. But uh, but that's all I have for sport. Oh, boy. But now, oh. we're, 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 we are. We're, we're uh, what are we in? We, we're, whoa, we're 50 minutes in. Yeah. You might have to, because we got a lot. A lot. A lot this of video is, game. This is going to be a jam-packed. I mean, too bad we spent all that time on that boring political shit that you've already read in the news 600 times. But now let's get to the stuff that nobody cares about. No, not Sally. How many times when you when you tried to get rid of the random video game review of the week? I know people. Hell, were, right. hell was to be paid, and it was dearly. So let's talk about some before we get to the random video game review of the week. Let's talk about video game news. Nintendo is on the offensive in two ways. One, of course, is that they've uh, released a Nintendo Direct, which is one of those YouTube videos that they put out every, you know, three months or so. This one was specifically for the new Smash Brothers game that's coming out in December. It's called Smash Brothers Ultimate. It has every single character in all four iterations of Smash Brothers video game since in history. So it's every Smash Brothers fighter. If you don't know Smash Brothers, whoa. But let me clue you in. It's a fighting game on Nintendo only where they take Nintendo video game characters or characters that have appeared in video games that have been on Nintendo systems like uh, Mega Man or even um, Sonic is, uh, yeah, Sonic's not even, Sonic wasn't, yeah, he, I think he appeared on some Wii games because by then Sega had been out of the business. But anyway, and they put them together and you fight each other and it's really good and it's a highly competitive game. Um, yeah, I, one of my nieces, you know, ex-boyfriends was a competitive Smash Bros. Like, traveled to do tournaments. Yeah. And, and um, got paid for it. So, uh, big news this week is that they've added a couple of characters. Like whom? Well, they've added, um, I think, well, they, and they've added an Echo Fighter, uh, Dark Samus. Echo Fighter? An Echo Fighter, Echo yeah. Echo Fighter? <laughs> Echo Fighter? See what he's doing? Echo Fighter? Probably not. He's off, he's off mic. Echo Fighter! Echo! <laughs> okay. An Echo Fighter in this game apparently is... There's... Um, it's, a, it's a playable character that copies a moveset uh, or, or copies like the body style of another character. Anyways, it's kind of like a, you know, a partner, if you will. But anyways, so the Dark Samus is a Echo Fighter that has been introduced. And also, uh, you, for you Castlevania fans out there, Simon Belmont is now a playable Smash Brothers character in the upcoming Smash Brothers game. Yes, the Simon Belmont. And um, his, his Echo Fighter, um, I think, is Alucard, which is Dracula's son, as you know from the lore. You know, Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. Uh, how I would not have known, except for our sideshow, where you <laughs> gave his incomplete history. Right. Uh, of the Castlevania. I call that the Snooze Fest. Uh, I call it awesome. <laughs> But yeah, it, uh, this is pretty awesome, it, and it, it's got new music, um, you know, all the Castlevania-style music, the Castlevania uh, Dracula's Castle stages, the weaponry, you know, with the whip, and the the, uh, the, the the cross boomerang that he throws. 
I'm uh, the little guy was playing with his Switch today. And he's like, oh, Papa, I've been waiting to show you this trailer. I'm like, oh, great. And so he puts the Switch on the controller, so it, it comes on the big TV. And it's the gloomy castle. And, you know, it's scary. And all of a sudden, it's Luigi. And I'm thinking, oh. And it's really well done. I can, for the first 30, 40 seconds of this thing, it's this fantastic, you know, creepy, you know, and I didn't know where it was going. And he's he's decked out like he is in, in Luigi's Mansion where he's got that ghost-busting kind of backpack. The, the With vacuum. the light. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gets... Chop like 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 a Grim Reaper character hits him with a with a, a sigh scythe scythe and his body drops his, and his ghost his comes ghost out. appears and then all of a sudden and it looks almost like a Jedi in the rain like a big cloak you know what I mean and I'm like what is this and I take it off and then it's like throws that. It's a, uh, it's a it's a mace like a mace whip mace whip yeah and I'm like what the hell is this character and then when I saw the name I'm like oh my god I didn't watch finish watching the trailer and I text you it's like. Oh, oh, and I'm actually mistaken. His Echo Fighter is not Alucard. He's like a, an assist trophy or something, which is another thing. Hey, look it up. Uh, Simon Belmont's Echo Fighter is Richter Belmont, which was another... It's a, a popular character because he appeared in Rondo of Blood, which was for... Uh, it's, it's very obscure for the American audience, but for the, tr- for the, um, the Castlevania freaks out there, very popular. He's actually the character that's played at the beginning of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, for the PlayStation, which was like a monumental game, and everybody that loves Castlevania loves Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So you get to play as two awesome characters. And then they did that. Then to add to the Nintendo Direct, they run down the numbers of like, I think they said there, if you play every single track available of music end to end, 28 hours of music, there's 900 tracks of music so far. And Chip Boy couldn't get one of them? No, we couldn't get one in, in there. These are, you know, I guess they wanted professionals. <laughs> hey! You know. Hey! He's learning. He's starting out. But there are... and then there, I think, He just needs a good agent. And there are over, like, 80 playable characters, I think. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous game. Yes or no? Are the uh, four offspring of our wives upstairs playing Smash as we speak? I uh, have to say yes. <laughs> Uh, one thing you're going to have to do, by the way, I'll bring it up briefly, is that in September, N- Nintendo Online launches. Now, that means something for people who play the Switch uh, com- you know, online, basically. The, lo- the, the free online is going away. You're going to have to pay an exorbitant amount. How many V-Bucks? <laughs> you're going to pay real bucks. Well, V-Bucks are real bucks. I, every time with a little bash, it's like... Papa, there's a new dance in the Fortnite store. I need 100 V-Bucks that cost 10 real bucks. <laughs> I don't know, but... I don't Go mow ha- a lawn, you little fuck. I know, right. See if Donald Trump needs some help. But what I'll... That's too old. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that spit... T- that's what I really want is a spit take right in my face in this, my own basement. But what that means is that Nintendo Online, when it launches, it's like PlayStation Plus, only kind of better because... You're not paying sixty dollars a year for one account. You can you're paying twenty dollars a year for, or maybe thirty dollars a year. I think it, no, it's like yeah, it's like thirty dollars a year for up to seven users. You know, so you can like, I could pay for you and my kids. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's really do you know? It's it, it's it's not you know free, but it's also it it, it also you get access to more. 
things that they're also launching as part of this new wave of online content. They're now going to be putting on their services uh, old NES games, which you can play uh, one-on-one, like two-player games with other people. Right, Good. over the internet, you know what I mean. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's that's kind of a niche thing. I don't know. Nintendo's still there. They're they're good. They're doing nice things. Um, they need to make some more money, apparently. Um, but hopefully, this will make it easy. As long as it makes it easier for you to find your friends online, I don't know. I doubt that's going to be the case. No, because the boys play Fortnite, and I don't know if it's Does they the play first. On the Switch. They play on the Switch. They and play on the PS4, and they play on my phone. And I think as it, of this week... Is it all cross-platform? Yeah, yeah. It's the first time that I know of a game that we've had that can do that. And now this week, I think Android, you can finally play Fortnite on. Right. No. All right, so that's a good news. Tell us the bad news from Nintendo. So Nintendo also, because they're you know kind of embracing with the release of the Nintendo Classic system in stores that had all the like 30 of their Nintendo games, the plug-and-play system... That you could play old Nintendo games. They had the Super Nintendo Classic that recently came out with, uh, you know, 20-something games on there. They're cracking down on ROM distribution. A ROM is a the actual data file of a video game It's a it, it, that uh, you can play on your computer via emulation. Emulation has been around since the late 90s. And that's probably the proliferation of... Emulation online and ROM distribution, how you know, however illegal it was to distribute those ROMs because it is intellectual property. It's basically file sharing. It's like music except for video games. You know, file sharing those types of games is not legal to do that, but they weren't cracking down as hard. Now they're really putting a full court press on a lot of emulation sites. They've filed lawsuits against two prominent. ROM distribution sites, and then one that I actually frequented that had not just Nintendo games, but it was you know PlayStation Two games, you know like really high end stuff. Yeah, it's not good to have that resource out there in a financial sense because yeah, essentially you're basically giving away video games for free that aren't yours. But it also got people into video games and retro gaming for years. There are other benefits to ROM emulation uh, because with that they also had uh, you know game like budding game developers hacking the ROMs, uh, learning how the games were made, um, and then also applying fan translations. Like there were Japanese only games. Like right. Final Fantasy is a very popular franchise where video games were literally only uh, made for Japanese audiences. Whereas all, if you didn't know Japanese, you could not even, you know, you couldn't play a role-playing game like that in America if you didn't know Japanese. And they, people would, you know, dedicate time and effort to translating the Japanese text into English so that the Western audiences could play these games finally. And then that, so that, all that is gone. Like the one emulation site that I frequent or is in my favorites on my computer is uh, MU Pornhub. MU Paradise, EMU Paradise. They had like you know basically every video game. Like it, and it was all neat. It was clean. It, it, there was no like viruses detected kind of thing. You know, you're not downloading from some weird site where you're seeing like a GIF of every, somebody fucking something inspected. No virus. Detected. Oh yeah, right. My every file inspected. No viruses detected. I beta tested every operating system. Gave props to some and others. So I, I dissed them. them. <laughs> I'll control. I'll delete you. But. Um, 
so that that Nintendo is and and, and and yeah, other lawsuits from other companies. But Nintendo's really putting the the heat on these sites. And so MU Paradise the other day just said, yeah, um, we've been up for 18 years. The the site's not going away, but the ROMs are. So thanks for the memories. And because you know it's like some guy in literally a guy in India who over years has has created this community where people are giving you know translating the games or transferring the games to ROMs and putting that's it... That's the cool thing. You would get the translations. Yeah, like, right. People would submit stuff and then he would... They, they would vet them or he and a bunch of other people would vet them. And, um, you know, it, it was great. It was... It's... And now that emulation is now perfected almost for all these retro systems on your computer, it's virtually seamless, if not better. You know, what emulation... And that actually, emulation helped kind of bring in Nintendo to do like these types of retro systems. You know, they're basically little emulation machines, you know. Um, but now that they're in the game, it's kind of like, okay, well, now we don't want you guys, we're not cool with you distributing our IP and all of our, you know, because we're going to, we probably someday will want to sell these games again. They're not making money off of, you know, selling these games if uh, people are going to just download them for their computer. So, I don't know. It's, um, eh, it sucks, but again, I get it. It doesn't mean ROMs are going away. It just means that you know it's kind of like file sharing and Napster and stuff. It's you know they're on to you, and the, the RIAA was on to these file sharing sites, and they pressed full court pressed uh, these websites. And you know, it's funny. Or it's the same thing with Napster. I was never a big Napster guy. Um, you know, if I wanted a, a Weezer album or something, like I would just get it. Um, but I did, the one big thing from Napster that I loved is you could find stuff on Napster you couldn't find anywhere else. Like somebody bootlegging, you know, it's like, you know, our friend Chris, the big video guy, uh, he, a Resident Evil expert, um, our, senior re- our senior Resident Evil correspondent. Yes. Uh, he loves Blink-182. One of my favorite bands is Dinosaur Jr. And on Napster one time I found... Blink-182 covering a Dinosaur Jr. song. It was never a B-side. It was never going to be released. It was not something that they normally did at shows. It was great to have it, you know, and that was one of the great things. It's like, you know, when I went to the Napsters or the other places, you know, at the time, it was to find stuff like that, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't find anywhere else. Right, but for the most, and we get, we get it. For the most part, people are downloading, like, the latest albums that are illegally distributed, and it's taking literal money away from record companies and artists and stuff so we get it and same with the video games um you know it, it's a shame you know i i'm i don't think atari is hurting that somebody's you know downloading the illegal you know et the extraterrestrial 2600 game um those guys aren't going to make a dime off of those other things i don't know but um you know also it it, it kind of makes you think well Okay, are they, if they're gonna also crack down on that, are they gonna crack down on like videos? They, they've been trying to crack down on Nintendo has been trying to crack down on like videos of people pl- doing like the walkthroughs. And yeah, stuff? the walkthroughs Fuck and the let's plays. You know, it, it, again, it's like they don't know what to do. That Nintendo's a great company, but at, at the same time, they're also like hesitant to change and kind of adapt. So I don't know. It's uh, it, it's. It, most people don't give a shit, but uh, you know, I, I got my ROMs. Luckily, I got all of my ROMs on multiple uh, hard drives. So what you're saying is, if we want ROMs, go get them right now. No, I mean, well, you, or is it too late? No, Have they can, already no, shut no, them down. No, the, the, the well, the, the easier to find like aggregate sites or like the more prominent sites are pretty much like on the they're on the they're on the out. 
Um, you know, you could probably go to like other language sites. I think there's like a French language site that's I, I remember oui. seeing. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what they named the Wii after. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, no. Or just go outside, stop playing video games, <laughs> get some sun. Before I uh, we move on to the random video game review of the week, my one little note on video games, I sadly beat Temple Run this week. Oh, well, good for you. Um, no, no, because <laughs> every day they have these daily challenges. Uh-huh. And over the course of time, they have these daily, weekly, monthly challenges. And you can level up to whatever. It's the same game. It's not like it ever unlocks a different level. And over the last couple months, actually the last like four months, at midnight, it's like the next six daily challenges. And I'll be getting ready to go to bed at like 1130, 1140. I'll be like, well, maybe I'll stay up till midnight. Or I'll get up, you know, and I'll go to the bathroom at like four or five in the morning. I'll take my phone with me and I'll finish one of these levels while I sit there and go peeing because I feel like a little girl sitting down. And if it's a Sunday at midnight, you're waiting for the next Carnival Personnel podcast. Yeah, you, dude, it's sad. It is sad, but that that is... But finally, like, so I do all these challenges and it's like, you know, and as soon as you beat one, the next one lists, like, they have preset. I guess there was only, like, 150. And the, the last two were, like, have to finish 30, you know, 30 days of daily challenges in a row. It's like, when that challenge came up, I was already 90 days into this. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, oh my God, are they making them harder because they're running out of them? And then one of them was like, you know, 10,000 or 10 million meters that your little, you know, guy danger had to run. Um, you know, I like to play as Usain Bolt. Like that, that's one of the add on oh characters that you could play. But sadly, I've beaten Temple Run and. So do you own Temple Run now? No, it's just on my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the company? You know, I, I was see 10 million customer, and I got this big oversized cardboard check. But uh, So that's my sad, pathetic, I sh- well, I was going to say I should get out, but get out. Uh, <laughs> but like tomorrow. Oh, please. I mean, I, I'm about to tell you that I beat Jack and Daxter for PlayStation 2 just uh, this, over the last weekend. Do you know what that is? Of course you don't. But you Nobody know does. Well, you know, you know what? That's a random Rudiger review of the week. I'm not going to go get any game. Tell us about Jack and Daxter. Well, Jack and Daxter was one of those games that I had picked up prior in one of my little... In in, four-platform? What's that? Oh, oh, PlayStation 2. It's PlayStation 2. Yeah, it's their... It was like their first-ish kind of... uh, It was like an early PlayStation 2 game. 3D platformer, like kind of like a Mario 64, but, you know, they have hub worlds, and you go to different other worlds, and you're this... uh, you're kind of like this young guy, white, of course, obviously, protagonist. Um, and you're in this sort of like magical universe. It's not like a, it's almost like a pirate themed. I don't know how to explain like the, the, the theme. There's, you go to like a lava level, you go to like a, like, a, like a beach level, there's a jungle level, snow mountain level. Um, and your objective is to find these power crystals or jeez oh, I'm, I'm blanking on it um 
but uh, it's a collectathon. It's one of those, you know, you have to collect all the all the uh, power orbs in order to unlock this stage, and then if you get enough of this, you get, you know, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is there is there side missions or is it just one story mode? Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a story mode. Like you know, you have to collect a certain amount of power orbs to get to the final boss, but you can take multiple like branching routes, and you don't have to get everything. You don't have to hundred percent the game. They do keep a track of what based on all the collectibles you get. If you, you know, how much percentage of the game you, you know, like Resident Evil. What, what percent? Okay, so. I, I, I 100% of the game. I was, you beat me <laughs> to it. So you got all the trophies. I did, and I had. I all had the unlockables. I had to go to YouTube. And, you know, there was a couple that were just nagging. Like, I'm, I'm usually, like, not like one of those, oh, I, I, I have YouTube right here. I'm just going to, like, blast through this because I, I got to get back to my life. No. No, I don't have to get back to my life. Um, but I also like the challenge. This I like, is your life. Exactly. Uh, and I'm jealous. No, boy, isn't it? Isn't it uh, wonderful? It's a, uh, but you, you're, you're, you're. D- Jack is the the main like protagonist, and Daxter is this guy who's kind of like a very uh, annoying but like kind of fat guy who accidentally falls into some sort of like magic potion vat and gets spit out as like a like a meerkat kind of thing. So he's this talking animal that really doesn't help you. He just sort of like takes all the credit for all the stuff that you're doing. Um, one of those type of things. And your pl- your character never talks, you know. And it's not a wife. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 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 hey, oh, ah, uh, shit. There's no hashtag Me Too in this <laughs> podcast. So so go go over the levels again because you said there's a snow level. Yep. And oh, then there's a jungle level. Yeah, there's a lava level. And then there's level. a lava level. Yeah. Oh, is that and Temple Run? <laughs> you just mentioned all the levels on my Temple Run. On my, as he's mentioned it, I'm like thinking, oh, Temple Run has a lava yeah, but level. Super Mario Temple 64 like hat. Every like it's like the you know the trope. Um, so so you got all the trophies. You hundred percented it. Uh, how much did you pay for this? Four dollars. So you got how many hours of entertainment did you get? I think it took me like two or two days, maybe. Yeah, yeah, worth like it. A weekend or so, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I would mean, you recommend it? Yeah, I mean, it's a fun game. If you like little, if you like three D platformers, this is you know, it's a it's puzzle solving. There's exploration. There's uh, you know, it's annoying if you try to get a hundred percent, but uh, that's why YouTube is. Can there. you can you not? If yeah. if you were at like ninety two percent, would you have been like, yeah, that was great? Uh, there are there, or, or would you have been there in like a game- cold sweat in the middle of the night, like <laughs> you know, tossing and turning, and it's like the wife is like, no, everything's okay. It's like, no, it's not. Go down your two flights of steps to your nerdium and a lucium and pop it back in. Right, and get my daily dose of mesothelioma that I'm getting from <laughs> the basement down here. It's um, it is a fun game. No, I, I there are games that I've like ninety something percented, and I'd be like, yeah, that's enough, you know, because I just like if it's impossible or if it's one of those things like even like I see how they did it on YouTube, it you have to practice at it for like you know ten hours straight to get the moves right. I'd be like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. So I do have some standards, sir. Um, I have to go to the pornography at some point <laughs> in my time. So uh, with that said, uh, moving on from games, great review. Uh, oh, did I ask you how much you paid for it? Four dollars. Four dollars, right? Yes. Well worth it. Now, uh, did you have time to watch anything? Uh, the missus has struggled to persevere getting through Arrow. Highly recommend it. She's not struggling. You no. Sam and Ladder. Nobody is, nah. uh, and I mean nobody. <laughs> and uh, no one is immune to the Sam and Ladder. And what about? Uh, have you watched anything that you'd be recommending? 
Um, what the hell am I watching? Oh, gee. I, I don't know if I'm really watching anything. Um, no. I, I should be watching Glow. Like, I've been putting off watching Glow second season. Oh, it's, it glows out second season? It's been out for like a month and a half or oh, something. Oh, I suck because I didn't know that. It should be on your timeline. It should be on my timeline. Um, yeah, Glow's been out. Um, uh, Mark Marin, by the way, is signed on to be in the uh, the Joker um the Joker one-off oh, movie, movie. Yeah. and it's funny because it's like I don't know if you saw on Twitter. It's like Mark Marin is in talks, you know, to be in the Joker movie, and I'm like, I think the talks go something like, "Yes, Mark, we know you want to be in the movie. Stop calling." <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's a it's a bit of a leap from you know, glow to somebody. I think remember I remember somebody saying, um, "Here's my impersonation of Mark Marin in the Joker movie." Uh, it's like. Yeah, so I I know that you're the Joker, but like, what's your relationship with your old man? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be a fan of the podcast. Yeah, very. And, and by the way, crushing it on the pod. I don't know if you've been listening lately. I I, I haven't. Uh, but but it's yeah, funny. Very good. Again, my favorite. We're mentioning Al Franken again. My favorite time was when Al Franken was on that, and when Al Franken was like, "Hey, I." Uh, you know, I really had to move my schedule to be here on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday to do your podcast. And even Mark Maron's like, what? He goes, well, that's the name of your podcast, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Because it's <laughs> WTF. Of Mark Maron. And even Mark Maron had to think about that. Oh, I do know what I'm watching. And it's not a Netflix show. It's a over-the-air cable show. Whoa. Better Call Saul Season 4? You're not into it. You're not a Breaking Bad guy. Not at all. Um, see, I don't know. This is where we part ways. But Better Call Saul is uh, back Monday nights on AMC. Uh, some of the finest slow-paced television you'll ever watch. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's great. But it's like Breaking Bad was like there. There was a point in the storyline where it'd be like a killing a week. You know, like there would be like drug deals going down, um, murders happening, accidental killings happening. Um, disposing of bodies, that sort of thing. Better Call Saul is a prequel, and there is the element of the drug deals going on, but it's more about the uh, the Saul character, the, the the Bob Odenkirk, you know, sleazy Saul Goodman character, whose real name is Jimmy McGill, and this is before it became Saul Goodman. But um, it's it's more about his family life and how. How he just sort of like he's just kind of a sociopath, and he doesn't he he's always been grifting his entire life. It flashes back to when he's younger, and he he would always uh, he would be nicknamed Slipping Jimmy because he would always find a way to slip and fall and like you know get a lawsuit out of it. Um, but his brother was a predominant lawyer, like you know a, a you know he he started a law firm like with two other people, and uh, played by Michael McKeon. And um, spoiler, something happens, and Michael McKean's no longer on the show, but <laughs> for now. But um, so season five or season four, whatever the fuck season they're in right now, is now picking up the pieces after Chuck is gone. Sorry, Chuck is gone. I, I'm sorry, Chuck is Jimmy's characters. Uh, Jimmy's brother is Chuck McGill. I'm rambling now. I feel like I'm uh, I'm really out of steam. I think but, I, but, I think but, Alex better Jones call needs Saul. To, better call Saul. You better watch Call Better Saul television. We're losing light. I think you need some water. <laughs> um, I think next week my pick will be Venture Brothers. You weren't a Venture Brother guy. Yeah. See, that's I don't know. The first season of Venture Brothers 
It's a Johnny Quest show, essentially. The first season of Adventure Brothers, I never remember being bl- more blown away by a show. Like, like a, what the fuck is this? There was a window. There was a few-year window where my life was Adult Swim. It was Aqua Teen Hunger Force. You know, it was Frisk- 2020. Frisky, Dingo, Frisky Dingo, which was a precursor of, um, of Archer. And there was Venture Brothers. And, and there was no close second to Venture Brothers. The first season of Venture Brothers was like a holy, you know, shit type thing. And this was, it, it, it did. And season two was really good. I really liked it. Hasn't been on for maybe 10 years or six, seven years. It's, it's been off for a while. You know, and it's funny because Patrick Warburton is one of the main characters on it. And it's my, it's, He's done a dozen things that I've really loved. Mm-hmm. There's no close second adventure, brother. So it just came back on. I, you know, I, I still say TiVo. Like I record it. You know, I At said least you're it. not saying I taped it. I right. I record it. You know, I I, I said it. So I, I know there's one episode just came back. I'm gonna wait for there to be like four or five episodes and then I'll binge it. But my recommendation this week is an anti recommendation almost, and I I like to hear. What some people think about it. Batman Ninja. I finally watched him. Oh, yeah. I think I mentioned this to you a while ago. It's an Elseworlds kind of thing. Like, Batman is in Gotham in real time, and he's closing in on Gorilla Grodd, who had some kind of time port apparatus, and they all got transported to, like, ancient Japan. And it's one of those things where everybody was in the room. Like, some other bad guys were there because Grodd, you know, called people together. And, it, like, his idea was he was going to send him in the past and be able to take over the future type thing or this or that. Uh, and it just so happened that, you know, Batman was closing in, but he didn't know that all three of the, you know, you know three of the four Robins were closing in. The Catwoman was there, and Alfred just happened to be in the neighborhood when the time explosion went, and they all got transported back. But... They all got blown back at the same time, but Batman got there two years after everybody else. And it is it, it ha- and then it it's it's Batman meets the Power Rangers mm. because all the bad guys have brought you know brought tech not brought technology with them, but new technology and built these gigantic robots of themselves that at one point, so wait, could they, all form together to be one gigantic robot. Just because you know the technology doesn't mean that you have the resources to replicate said right. technology. Oh, and it is. It's so... And <laughs> again, it's like, that's not what the Force is. You know, I mean, <laughs> I know, right. is it not my thing? Um, it was made in Japan. It was... It's not in the it's not in the uh, timeline. Yeah. So you know it's like an else world thing. I like to think you know if somebody likes this, maybe it's just not my thing. And, and I don't it's not. It's, a, it's like Teen Titans Go. Right. It's kind of like oh you know it's not canonical, but it's a fun offshoot. And for it's some. so ridiculous. Yeah. You know, but I mean it, it, it's it's you know. I'm, I'm glad I didn't go to a movie and see it, but I did spend 20 bucks to download an oh, Apple no. TV. So you could, if you so chose, <laughs> uh, 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 watch it. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, um, we have recently talked about Weezer and Toto. And did you? Did I send you the clip or did you send me the clip? 
I think I liked it. You might have just seen it on my Twitter. Uh, of Weird Al? Yeah. He, he, playing he, Africa with Weezer. On stage at a concert, yeah. And that, that they closed the show, apparently, did, that did, way. Does it make you reevaluate whether there is a God or not? Was that, like, <laughs> one of your happiest moments? I mean, it was great. Yeah. I uh, I like when Weird Al collabs with uh, cool people. And, um, and man, like, he's just still, like, nimble. and so, I mean, I saw him live... Not too long ago, but he wasn't doing the the shenanigans that he usually does on stage, like dancing around and you know doing like he's double jointed, so he does like a lot of you know waving his legs and arms around in weird positions, and he wasn't doing that when I saw him live. He was just more sitting down on a stool, and you know, he, but he's still energetic. And then he's up there with you know the guy from Weezer, um, you know, just rocking out and just you know. Getting down on the on his knees and playing the the accordion and just uh, rocking out with an accordion. You got to yes. make sure that you paint that picture. He's rocking out with an accordion. It can be done by only one person. Al Yankovic. Agreed. It was great. Uh, it, and it was yeah. It was a nice and you know and you know you you complain about people who hold up cell phones at, at uh, concerts when you're at the concert, but thank God for those blessed people. Thank you. Yes. You know, and this one had like a zoom feature. They were actually zooming in on. The action and widening out when uh, they wanted to get the whole band in there, and um, you know what? I I also want to say I I am a bigger fan of Weezer's cover of Rosanna than I am of the Africa one. Do you like the song Rosanna better? Um, I don't know. That's that's a that's a tough one. I like Toto's. I mean, I'll I think Gun to the Head, Toto's Africa, or Toto's Rosanna. I take Toto's Africa. What's your favorite Michael Bolton song? I I I, I gotta. I gotta say, I like them all. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I celebrate the man's entire catalog. Um, you got a parenting tip of the week? Uh, no, I do not have a parenting tip of the week. I was too busy playing video games. Leave your children in good hands before you buy a four dollars. Marry game that you're a good play. spouse that will rear your children correctly when you neglect them. Jacques. Speaking of rearing children, no. oh um, my god! Uh, so Dan and I—I'm sorry, the great Dan Cray, DanCray.net. Last week you said DanCray.com. Oops, that's, it, it, that's it, the jazz music. It is the jazz guy. Oh fuck! And I think the name of like Dan's last album is not the jazz guy. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I know. So DanCray.net. Oof. Uh, we're going to be playing a show. At Ralph's in Worcester, <laughs> September 21st. So I went over, and it's funny, like, we don't ever really know what we're going to play. And so we're trying to figure it out. Like, what songs do I remember? What song- the funny thing is, I remember all our songs. If you ask me, though, right now, name five things. I can't. But as soon as Dan starts playing, I'll remember a word of every song we haven't played in a decade. But we're putting some stuff together. And it's fun. And then he plays a song that I heard four or five years ago after Friday Night Hockey was sitting there and my shuffle just played it. And I remember looking at Scotty Black. I'm like, I will never be able to play that song again. I never did speed, but we used to play crazy fast. And I'm listening to this one song. Listening to the song, my forearms hurt. Like we're, And Dan started playing it. I got about a minute and a half through it the other day. And I was like, Fuck. I didn't think I'd be able to keep up that long. So I'm like, that's it. I've been talking about forever. I'm going to get a practice set. So I, for 100 bucks bought a set. I, I got to go get a drum stool and a cymbal this week. But it's in good shape. Here's my parenting tip of the week. Just, I, I said I was never going to teach the boys to play drums until they got to a certain point with piano. 
and they're, they're kind of there. You know what I mean? They can read music. They can, and it's not going to go away. When I set the drums up and I'm like, yeah, just let them hit them. There's, there, it's like, you can't break them. I'm not going to sit down there and show them this or that. If they want to watch something on YouTube, they want me to show them how to count to four because that's 90% of drumming. <laughs> That's great. My parenting tip of the week is just let them figure it out. Let them have fun with it. And it's like, because I was upstairs today, and the, I think it was the littlest one downstairs, and he almost had this one little thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, maybe, no, no, just stay away. Nothing less cool than your father teaching you how to do something cool. Right. So I'm like, you know what? If they come and ask, but it's like, it's drums. Let them have, and I, granted, it's a hundred bucks. It's like probably the cheapest thing that they will get. By the time they're done playing this little set, I will have paid a penny per hour of use. So, you know, that, that that's my parenting tip. Get a set of drums and let them go to town. Yeah, that's what every parent wants. It's fine, you know? Yeah, you know, just get a soundproof room in the darkest, no, deepest I mean, corner of the The thing house. is, they're never going to play for more than like five or ten minutes before, you know, they're going to move on to something else. Unless they're getting good at it, yeah. And in that case, play Oops. all the fucking day. Yeah. You know, I like literally. I wouldn't mind Gene Cooper being in the basement whaling <laughs> away for hours. So that's my parenting tip. Um, and, and so I, I always forget to you know tell Joe. And sometimes we got on a song, but there was one song, and it's funny. It's like um, it's one of my favorite songs. It's one of the only real songs we went to a great studio and did. It's called Rinse and Spin, and, and I think I emailed it to you so we can play it. And I don't have much else. I think that's quite enough, sir. Um, we probably won't have a sideshow this week. Um, but, but we got some fun ones brewing. When we do, oh my God, hold on to your iPhones. Because man, oh man, the joy you'll be ex- experiencing when you listen to that shit. You know? While playing Temple Run. <laughs> yes, while playing Temple Run, of course. Or shitting. Um, and that's it. And uh, Jacques, I beg you, do not forget. Consider this
just beginning Just rinse and spit 